Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today we are flashing back to episode number 115 with the extraordinary Stacy Campbell. In quiet fashion, Stacy has assembled and developed one of the preeminent divisions in the Cutco Vector Marketing Sales Organization. He has won multiple national championships and developed numerous other champions in the Vector business and is now closing in on $100 million in career Cutco sales. In this short snippet, Stacy talks about a transformational moment that turned around his district manager career and how this led to his evolution as a top leader in the company. He humbly shares how he developed as a division manager and gets into several key success factors for the Lone Star division. Stacy is an ideal example of how ordinary people can accomplish extraordinary things, and through his leadership, he has helped so many others to evolve in a similar way. I know you'll get value from this flashback episode, and you can reciprocate by sharing this podcast with others, as well as by supporting one of our sponsors listed at changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. BrainFuel was founded by Cutco Vector alum Colton Horn to help high achievers maintain all-day focus in their endeavors. You can get 35% off your first case of BrainFuel by using the discount code CLSK when you order. BrainFuel just launched into 3,000 CVS stores. Check it out and pick up additional cases to help one of our own alums on his mission to change lives. Enjoy this flashback segment from Stacy Campbell, and be sure to revisit our full conversation at episode number 115. What were some of the transformational experiences that uh, really impacted your career? Well, I would say the DM role transformed my life as a whole. You know, the DM opportunity gave me a place to kind of almost have that pro sports type opportunity, right? To be a pro, to compete, to make quality money, to have these things. So for me, it was just the whole transformation along the way. There was one thing that I remember this one specific thing. It was in the fall of 95. I've had some movement forward, but we went on an Olean trip and they took all the DMs. And I remember going and coming home. And back in those days, remember, if you didn't put your ads in the paper on Sunday, your whole week was shot, right? Like it was like the whole week was ruined because you ruined Monday and Tuesday's recruiting because by the time you put the ads in, it's like Wednesday. And the Sunday ads had to be in like Friday at noon or something, Thursday at five. We were (laughs) in Olean and I didn't get the ads in. And and I remember coming back home and and I didn't have enough money to pay all the bills I wanted that I needed to pay. I just messed that up. And I remember it was cold, rainy night in Wichita, Kansas. And I went on this walk. And my wife's like, where are you going? I go, I don't know. And I just went kind of on a walk run, we'll call it. 
And I remember in the process going, I will never feel this way again. Like, and just that moment of going, I'm not going to go down this path, which was kind of a funny thing because I said it that night and it took like a year before I finally had the transformation. But I just always remember that night going, I want to get out of this feeling, this feeling of mm-hmm. not being ahead, not being in the right place, not having what I want, not having for my family. That was a transformational moment, not just a, a thing that I remember happened. But all that was accumulation of those early days as a DM. Yeah, it seems like you had a ton of responsibility at just a young age with taking on the district manager role and then immediately getting married, almost immediately having your first child and being able to balance all that. And it just seems to me that it's normal for almost anyone in that position to have some struggle, you know, to figure it all out and pull it all together. And for you to have that moment that you just described is something I think a lot of people can relate to. And I think what's important to understand is that when I, that night, I remember going, I'll never feel this way again. But it didn't happen overnight. It wasn't a overnight like, okay, Tuesday morning, I woke up and I was like, well, look at that, everything's fixed. I mean, it took time, but just the emotion of going, I won't feel this way again, Mm -hmm. then moved the process over, I refer to it as a year, it might have been six months, it might have been 14 months, but there was a movement to go, all right, you can get mad all you want, you can cry, you can whine, you can do whatever you want about life. But ultimately, it's about decisions we're making. I had got myself to that point. I had to get myself out of that point, right? You know, so it was like that moment of transformation, change, whatever you'd want to call it. That was one I always remember from those early DM days. What about as you evolve towards division manager? So the early days were similar as a DVM, just learning how, learning, growing, and going through the process of, of growth. So you could almost mirror image my rep days to my DM days to my DVM days. It was a slow growth. As, as I joked about at SLC, it was that concept of, hey, I'm not good at anything. You know, it's like there's nothing you can come out and say, oh, let's get him to speak on that because he's really good at that. You know, it's like, but what what I have become is understanding that, hey, it's okay if you're slow at some of this stuff. It's okay if you're a district manager, a branch manager, or even if you're in another business and you're not perfect. If you just keep the consistency there, then ultimately the win will be there. I want as a rep, I want as a DM, I want as a DVM, not because of something spectacular, but from something that was less than spectacular that just kept moving and moving and moving and staying persistent with whatever you're doing in or out of this business. You kind of need that. I'd like to hear a little bit about just how the Lone Star Division has developed in your eyes. Because you you went from taking over as a division manager in 2004 to building what has become the preeminent organization or one of the preeminent organizations you know, in the company, certainly. And I think it would be instructive for people to hear what that process looked like and what have been some of the key factors in the success of the team. Yeah, for sure. The, the number one key factor, obviously, is you know, the, having the right people in the right seats of the bus. <laughs> okay, that's mm-hmm. been the, the number one thing is when you look at the, the leadership that has rolled through the Lone Star Division, that I've been truly blessed to have them here and what they've done. So, you know, and I would say this, if you're building a vector division or you're building any business, you know, that concept of, man, get the right people and get them on the right seats and let them drive the bus. That is number one. Grab a hold of these people, get the relationship with them and let them do their thing. Because these people, 
they, they maybe are more talented than I am or more talented than their leader is. Let them go be that person that they should be. So that's number one on the list. The second thing is, you know, having a vision and, and having a focus. So in 2012, 13, 14, and we kind of rebuilt between that window of time. We kind of went up, we had a dip, and then we built from that point forward. Then there wasn't a, hey, we're going to win a silver cup in 2018. That's not what we're going to do. That wasn't the, like, hey, this is going to happen on this date. But there was a vision of, hey, this is where we're headed. This is the growth that we're after. And, you know, I read a, read a book uh, by Patrick Linocioni called The Ideal Team Player. And it's like in that book, it talks about hungry, humble, and smart. Like that's what it talks about. To get the ideal team player, you need a person who's hungry, humble, and smart. Hungry, obviously, being that they want to have success. Humble, meaning it's not about them. And smart, meaning not book smart, but like street savvy smart. You know, so in our business, it's the this is the funny one, right? That we relate to. Hey, walk into a team meeting. Hey, where is everybody? Not smart, <laughs> right? You know, it's like you're not smart moment. It's like the smart person who just goes, "Oh, I guess this is here today," right? Like that hungry, humble, smart. And we just, I just started to drive that concept and talk about that concept that we have to become this, and and that's the vision is we have a group of people who are just hungry, humble, smart. Everybody's an ideal team player because if you're the ideal team player, you're great for yourself. Like you're going to be good for you, but you'll be the ideal team player. And that was just kind of the move. And, and then the moments happened where it was like, okay, we're getting a little closer to number one. If we just change these few things, we could be number one. So while well, we, we are number one, now if we can just continue to grow that thing to number one. So having a vision, and people talk about vision, but I think the, the important thing is the vision can't be your vision that you're telling others is going to happen. The mm. vision has to be like, hey, this is what you are going to become. This is what you're going to become, not what the division is going to become, not what your business is going to become, but what are you going to become by being part of that organization, that business, that whatever. Like, that's an important, I feel like, based on what I've seen happen, I feel like that's an important thing. So I just think those two factors. And then I'd also add a third factor. And that is sometimes it kind of goes with the right person concept, but it's like make people the right people. <laughs> that's the other one too. So the hungry, humble, smart idea is you can't change certain things about people, but you know what you can do? You can help somebody become hungry. You can help somebody become smart. You can educate. So the concept of, hey, get the right people, put them in the right places, but then your other people that are around, make them the right people. Like there are people who I think we've, the leaders of this division have made right people who if you were to go backwards and look at them when they were early on, they were the right people then they were turned into the right people. Because Vector can do that. You can do that as a leader to turn them into the right people. So, so I think those two things in particular, but then the third one's kind of like mixes into the mix underneath, kind of going, if I can just make sure I look and who do I have? Who do I have right now? And make, the, you know, John Carpenter has a great saying, take what you have and make what you want. Mm -hmm. That's it. You know, just take what you have, make what you want. Things aren't always perfect. You're in a business. Things aren't going to be perfect. You're in life. Life's not going to be perfect. Look at the world around us, right? It's not going to be perfect. You just take what you have, make what you want. And Vector's so good at that anyway. But we have to always remember that that is the process. So our growth has really been from those two factors. And then the third one just kind of going, hey, we got to make sure everybody feels this thing. The Vector business is unique, I think, in that respect. Because as we all know, and some of you who might be listening know, it's not like that in every place. It's not like that across the business world as a whole. There may be situations like that, but as a whole, we're, we're, we're in a unique situation. <laughs> 
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. If you click on the deals link on our podcast page, you'll see some tremendous offers from our podcast sponsors. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.